Hello, family. This is Stacy, and I'm the director of SF Johnson Family and Community Services, and this is The Diary. This is the show that we present two to three times a week to discuss black issues, black problems, black leaders, what they are and are not doing. We want to discuss current events. We want to talk about white people news in a black way. Want to talk about black people news for black people, unnecessary Karens out there. We want to talk about black history and we hope you go to YouTube and join our YouTube family at SF Johnson Family Services. We have a lot of good information, black history and uh, Tuesday through Thursday, we'll be posting content throughout the day, psychology for the families, child development, black history, current events, motivation, stuff you can use. Today's our initial presentation for used to do this a while back, but got a, got out of doing it, but it's so necessary and I enjoy it so much. So this is our premiere show here on the diary again we're going to talk about the congressional black caucus what should they be doing what should what what should black leaders be doing see we have black lives matter going out there antifa all they're doing is getting pepper sprayed we have people that we have elected that don't do anything but they make us think they do because whatever they're taking away the voting rights okay taking away affirmative action do you hear anybody black saying, okay, well, this, they took away this map, this road for you. I'm going to show you this way. That's what the Congressional Black Caucus should be. So since its establishment in 1971, a long time ago, the Congressional Black Caucus, the CBC, has been committed. So they say, now this is there, this is about them on the website, cb, cbc.house.gov, the about us page they say they've been committed to using the full constitutional power statutory authority and financial resources of the federal government to ensure that african americans and other marginalized communities in the united states have the opportunity to achieve the american dream come on now really the caucus is chartered by Congressman Stephen Hordsford, H-O-R-S-F-O-R-D. As part of this commitment, the CBC has fought for the past 50 years to empower the citizens and address their legislative concerns, oh yeah, by pursuing a policy agenda that includes... But that is not limited to the following. So this is what the Congressional Black Caucus claims that they're doing for us and have been doing for us. And this is the things that since 1971, because it sure takes them a long time to do stuff for the Negro. In 1971, they have been one, reforming the criminal justice system and eliminating barriers to reentry. Yeah, they've been doing that. Combating voter suppression as we lose our voting rights. Expanding access to world-class education from pre-K through post-secondary levels as we lose affirmative action. Come on. This, I mean, this isn't a... 
fake site. This is the real site. Okay, let's go on. They say they've been expanding access to quality, affordable health care and eliminating racial health disparities. Dis disparities. You know, when government, when these same people, government gives you a grant, they before they give you another grant, they need to see proof of your results. We need to stop renewing these people's grants. Every time we just vote in a black person, I'm looking at Maxine Waters. She's been there since Jesus. Let's stop renewing these people's grant. And again, the Congressional Black Caucus is only Democrats. So we got Republicans over there on the other side in the, the, the Federalist Society and the MAGAs and the, the birthers and the Tea Partiers and the... All of them. We got these folks. It's time to join the family and make these people. I don't care where you are in the country. That's why I like putting my stuff on Block Talk because you're in the world. You out there. I have people in different countries listening to this because everybody looks to us. We're a joke around the world. I know it. Hey, around the world, I know they try to hide it. I. France might be burned to the ground by now, but nothing reflects that on American television. Then they want to blame an immigrant. All right, so let's go on to this this stuff. These false statements, this false advertisement on this uh, website. Uh, again, cbc.house.gov. All black people, all Democrats. But this is what they say they've been doing since 1971. Is that a white person? No. All right, because if you listen to Malcolm X's stuff, you know, white liberals is his thing, you know. They're your best friend until... You want what they have. We hear people. We back in the day. The year I was born. 1964. We are back here. We are here. We are here. But I'm now 58. Instead of just about to be born in December. We are back here. If you think we're not back here. You're really not paying attention. To what your government is doing. Okay. So they claim that they. Uh. Expanding access to 21st century technologies, including broadband. Uh, okay. Let's see about out there in the south. How many of you people represent the southern state? Because, yeah, we got the southern states got to be saved, people. So we here on the diary Monday, Wednesday, Friday with different things. But the first thing is to say, who do we have? These are the people that are supposed to represent us. Okay, I'm not even finished with their little fake list. They fast the false advertising, strengthening protections for workers and expanding access to full, fairly compensated employment. Okay. You you can get twenty one dollars out of a McDonald's per hour. Right. Expanding access to capital contracts and counseling for minority owned businesses. See, I'm a minority owned business and I don't, I reached out to somebody in some state. I never got a call back. You lying to us. You can't, you be, you've been lying since before Barack Obama, before you gave us that uh, hope and change crap. 
I bet this has never been changed since 1971, <laughs> other than the website producer. Now, uh, other than a website. Okay, let's see what they claim. Oh, oh, oh. Let's, let's get this, this last one. As Putin is raping Africa right now of all its valuable resources. Oh, this is the last one on their list. Promoting U.S. foreign policy initiatives in Africa and other countries that are consistent with the fundamental right of human dignity. Other than that part where Putin is going in there and killing the black people and taking the diamonds. We protecting Ukraine right now, but not Africa. And Putin is in both places. They need to make the... You need, you know, they ain't going to wake up. Nobody knows they got a problem until you tell them they do. These people have a problem, which in fact gives us a problem. Inaction is a problem. Inaction is slowly taking away our rights, slowly taking away our freedoms. Slowly, slowly, we can't get no reparations. No, nobody's talking about reconstruction. If you talk about reconstruction, you might be able to have a conversation about reparations black can get y'all they need to be holding a press conference every day don't you think about all of these one two three four five six eight points and and i need a group of people that are going to help me reach out to all of these there's a lot of them they want got a cowboy hat on there's a lot of them but in action i see barbara lee she she been there since Paul, not Jesus. And she want to be a regular congressperson. Well, what have you done as a member of the Congressional Black Caucus for me? That I should move you up a tier. Black people, they're not going to do nothing. They just go make you, oh, the first black, the first black, the first black. Just to give you that good feeling. While they taking and stripping away every right we have. So, let's take a break right now. And let's get back to some white news told to you by a black person. All right, family, welcome back. Just want to just continue. I just don't want to. Oh, here's the Congressional Black Caucus. Here's what they don't do. And that's it, because that's what everybody else does. My intention is to write letters to the leadership and ask them, you know, are you serious? I see what you're supposed to do. Okay, and I'm living that it's not getting done. So. Where is the disconnect? Why? What do we need to do? What, what What's keeping it from happening? Can we get a status update on some of this stuff? So uh, leadership, uh, Representative Stephen Hornsford is the chair. He's a Democrat from Nevada. Uh, I believe maybe the fourth district in Nevada. The vice chair is Representative Yvette D. Clark. She is a Democrat in New York. I believe the 9th District 
in New York, if that's what those numbers, I believe, represent. Then we have the second vice chair, which is Representative Troy Carter. Uh, he's also a Democrat, Louisiana, second district. Okay, so we got uh, Nevada, highly Trumpy, Louisiana. Come on, all red. And then we have the wonderful Representative Lucy McBath. Democrat of Georgia, definitely red state, a progressive red state, none, nonetheless. But my goodness. Um. So, and then the whip is Representative Marilyn Strickland from Washington. Uh, I believe that's probably state because it doesn't say D.C. District Ten. So these are the leadership. This is the leadership for the Congressional Black Caucus. Now. You know, I watch a lot of American Greek. And it's just a whole lot of white people getting caught trying to hook each other up or not hook one somebody up or just hook themselves up and get caught. Well, you get caught, then you correct. If nobody's going to ask you nothing, nobody's going to make you do nothing, then there's nothing to get caught. So what I need family to do at sfjfamilyservices.org Join the family and help me write these letters to these people in a nice way. Say we need a status check and an update. All right. That's it with them. We'll follow up in a week or two. Let's take a break. Let's listen to something groovy. Be right back. This is the diary, the talk show for S.F. Johnson Family and Community Services. We'll be back.
All right, we're back. This is the diary. This is Stacy Johnson. And let's continue on with what we're talking about here. Now, what are some of the things that's falling apart when it comes to black people? Voting rights falling apart. Uh, folks in Tulsa, we got that. I believe we'll have that tonight. <clears throat> We making news as we go along. People in Tulsa, right? Denied uh, reparations for the Tulsa massacre. Come on. Because, you know, I think big picture. I think like, you know, Malcolm X and less like Dr. King these days. It's all a conspiracy. Okay. If they give you those people reparations, guess what? That opens the reparations barnyard door. You know, if we could... And that's why they, oh, CRT, CRT. You're going to go over that too. Because Clarence Thomas is living proof of CRT. Where you disregard the experiences of a people and make laws against those people. That's what CRT teaches in college. And they teach law students. That, okay, let's look at this law right here. And when it was built, when it was made, and what was going on with black people at the time. CRT. So, because the majority of people who are the minority, make mo- no mistake about it, whites are all, have always been the minority. They're more Indian brown people, okay? Not the American Indian, okay? Or whatever, the Native American. We're talking about Indians in India. Them combined with us. We outnumbered white people a long time ago. But we just didn't outnumber their viciousness. So that's why centuries and centuries of of killing brown people, misusing, mistreating brown people. And if we can't make it stop in America in 2020, damn three, bros, when the hell can we make it stop? So, these people, Congressional Black Caucus, stop the Reverend Al Sharpton. Everybody knows, but see, nobody's fighting that. Nobody's going against that shit. So, they just keep lying and keep going on like they legit. (laughs) Nobody's telling Barack Obama, hey, bro, you didn't do nothing for us. So, don't send me this, oh, Obama alert. You got to give $3 to somebody black. For what? I like, I was born a practical person. I'm practical. I look at the shit in front of me and I say good, bad, or bullshit. And so now our next topic. What is our next topic? Cheryl and Eiffel. And we're talking about uh, uh, <clears throat> getting rid of that uh, affirmative action. Where, yes, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment was solely added to the Constitution solely only to remedy the wrongs against us committed to abide to our ancestors committed by white people it was never it was never for white women asians to get in schools or not or whatever solely written for us and so let's listen to this and that's why i have to Show it on Block Talk because all of this can get out on YouTube.
can maybe depends on how much you play I ain't got no time for that so let's uh let's hear go a little lower not that low and let's hear what Miss Eiffel has to say about and Joy Reid ain't my favorite because I think too she just grinned a lot of the regular me they you know they get out what they want to get out but you know they get rid of the real black black people and they leave these ones that just grin and smile and giggle but I like Miss Eiffel so let's take a listen I may have to stop or fast forward but this is all about striking down affirmative action and then using these laws solely written for us against us our friend of mine um said to me uh this uh, what huh. this supreme court ruling in affirmative action proves is that they're not against affirmative action because they're fine with it for like the well-to-do what they're against is us what they don't want is people who look like you and me in elite schools. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Joy, in the opening when you talked about this as a decades-long uh, program. This is essentially um, all part of a program designed to um, essentially dismantle the infrastructure that was created after the civil rights movement to try and move us further towards equality. And, um, you know, these are people who have always believed that that project was worth engaging in. Um, you know, John Roberts has had his long-term hostility to the Voting Rights Act and to yeah. affirmative action. We should never forget one of his earliest decisions was in the Parents Involved case, uh, which involved a, a case of voluntary desegregation efforts in K-12 schools in Seattle. Uh, and in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was the case where he famously said, the only way to stop discriminating based on race is to stop discriminating based on race, right? So he's got the bromides, he's got it down to math. Yeah. What is most disturbing is seeing his willingness to use and weaponize our tools Brown versus Board of Education, yes. the 14th Amendment in this project. Yeah. Um, the, the conversation about Brown in the decision is, um, is mind boggling, but it is part of a, a larger. Uh, hijacking of yeah. Brown for their purposes. Last year, it was Justice Alito who used Brown for the proposition that sometimes we have to overturn cases, and this was his mm -hmm. rationale for overturning Roe. So we see them using the very tools that were created for us for their project. And the 14th Amendment is one of them, which is why I'm, I'm starting this center, because I think there's such a, a lack of understanding of what the 14th Amendment means and what its intentions were. You know, it, it's, it's fascinating. The, the most, as I read through it, they cite Plessy a lot. A lot. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. um, um, Thomas, his first citation is Plessy. Um, they cite Brown a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and in Gorsuch's concurrence, he cites Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, mm -hmm. which has led some people to refer to this affirmative action decision as, in their minds, it's Brown v. Board for white people, basically. I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's why so many people are concerned about the slippery slope. Like, let's be clear. This decision um, responds to Harvard and UNC's race-conscious admissions program. It does not talk about businesses or employment or yet. any of the other places yet. But I think that's why people <laughs> have the concern, and understandably yeah. so. I don't think it's outrageous for people to see the writing on the wall. And that's what this term on the court has been about. The jig is kind of up. Yeah. We, we now are very clear about what the intentions are, and we're very clear that they don't intend to stop. 
No. Uh, even the loophole, you know, there's a loophole yeah. in the majority tell opinion where yeah. you can tell your story, which yeah. is exactly what happens. What he's describing is, is in fact, the Harvard admissions totally. program. But he says that would be okay, yeah. but not this. And this is the other thing that disturbs me, Joy. Clarence Thomas, in his uh, uh, concurrence in the case, says that these admissions programs discriminate against Asian American students. And that's a heavy charge. It's a serious charge with implications for how we talk about race in the country, yes. for our connection to other communities, for uh, political power, and so forth. But there was a trial in this case, a two-week trial in the Harvard case. Mm -hmm. Evidence like you can't imagine, charts, graphs, studies, expert witnesses, students testifying, and so on and so forth. And a federal judge made findings in a 130-page decision that meticulous findings that the program did not, in right. fact, discriminate against Asian Americans, and that decision was upheld by the 11th Circuit. That's a factual decision. The yeah. Supreme Court can't reverse a factual decision, but you see them saying it nevertheless because it's so useful. And the thing is, a lot of what they said sounded like sort of Rush Limbaugh right-wing talking yeah. points. Um, and, and the outcome of it has been a couple of one, a couple of them. Stephen Miller, the dedicated xenophobe from the Trump administration, mm -hmm. has now issued a warning to law schools yes. all over the country, essentially okay so we don't care about that part but now now that this has happened we know what's going on we know like she said the gig is the jig is up where's our people where is the black congressional black caucus saying okay we've heard this we're gonna have this press conference and this is how we're gonna have our people move on from here we're gonna set up foundations for that and some Open up a new school. Damn. And then again, I don't know if you heard in the news, and that's all I do is research what white people are doing so I can come tell you. Somebody from Harvard just a come last month, month before last, a couple folks selling body parts when you donate your body to Harvard Medical School. Some weirdo will want to buy the face. And so they sell the face. Or the feet or the fingers of your loved one. So, come on now. So, yeah. <clears throat> My whole point is that we're going to slowly disappear. We've been disappearing as a race. For this, this to be overturned. For the Voting Act's right to be overturned. They still haven't approved the John Lewis Voting Act's right. Which they'll never do. Okay, the Supreme Court is the court of the keepers of white supremacy, even though they have the blackest Negro on the planet there. <laughs> uncle, House Uncle Clarence, House Negro Clarence Uncle Thomas. It's amazing how things work. It's upside down. The world's upside down. We are in 19, we're back. We went back. I'm, I'm 58. It's the it's the summer that I, before my mama was going to have me in six months, probably just found out she was pregnant with me. 1964. We're we back there. Okay, so they're going to work their way, whittle their way all the way to the 13th Amendment. They're going to whittle back and we're going to sit there and let them. While we don't help each other, while we don't support each other. Oh, when we out there picking cotton, you better believe you're going to find a black friend. You'd be looking for Harriet like a dog. We need 
to stop these people. I mean, it's way too late. Just like reparations ain't going to help. They got 400 year jump financially on us. And they keep giving it to everybody else but us. But, you know, Black Lives Matter ain't up there being able to do nothing but get pepper spray. Okay. You can't do nothing but get pepper spray. But the black Negroes up there in Washington, that, oh, oh, everybody's so happy. See, they're giving you that feel good. But still, a white man in charge and still ain't helped us. No more than the black man who was president. I'll get the feel good to get the white man in there. Oh, black woman for only solid I'll give Joe Biden is, is Katanji. Because she's going to be there and she's righteous. She ain't Uncle Thomas. It ain't, it, it's not Uncle Thomas Katanji is not, thank God, okay? So, she gonna be there longer than him, but he's looking like he's full of pus. So, people, we're gonna take one more break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna listen to uh, some black news by black people. My brother, and he don't even know it, uh, Dr. Richie and Indisputable. Let's play some music. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, this is The Diary. This is Stacy, and we're back on our Monday show where we talk about issues specific to black people. We talk about black issues, talk about black leaders, what they are or are not doing. Most like these days are not doing and what we need to do about it. Listening to some white people, well, and black, you know, black on the outside, white on the inside, people given news and now we have a black man dr richie rashad richie i watch him on tyt outstanding breaks brings the black issues to life in a way i like and i think you'll like it too so we know that the tulsa folks and this is another thing we don't hear nobody black 
press conference. Okay, I need to do a press conference. Let my people know that we know this wrong and this is the step we're going to take to make this 100-year-old woman that's still alive and watching her daddy get shot and her community get burned down. We, this is what we're going to do to bring and make that right. No, never happens. We need to start making it happen. So, the judge, the judge dismisses the Tulsa massacre lawsuit, which in turn rejects those reparations. But of course, because you open that reparations can of worms, everybody from one going to want to be a descendant of a slave. That's why we need to say native blacks. African-American is anybody that comes from Africa and ends up in America. That may not necessarily be the people that picked that cotton, our ancestors that had to go here, there, and everywhere to keep from getting lynched, killed, raped, you name it. Jim Crowed, you name it. Okay, so make sure you join the family because we're going to try to at sfjfamilyservices.org. Go to our YouTube page, SF Johnson Family Services. A lot of good content, black history. And then meet us Tuesday through Thursday live. We're going to have some child development, some good stuff, some black history, some motivation, some black history, some black news. Follow-ups on me and my letters to these people because... I not. I guess I need to write the letter. Who's writing the letter? I need to write the letter. And I need to let you know what happens after I write the letter. So, you want to write a letter, join the family, sfjfamilyservices.org, so you can write the letter. Follow up for me on the letter. All right, so let's go. Let's hear Dr. Richie dismissed a Tulsa massacre reparations lawsuit that was expected to go forward. Let's put up the picture for mass. I would give you the about face of this judge. Oklahoma judge has now dismissed a lawsuit seeking reparations in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A lawsuit was filed, if you remember, back in 2021 by the remaining survivors by Ola Fletcher, Leslie Benefield Randall, and Hughes Van Ellis. They targeted the board of county commissioners. Tulsa Metropolitan Area Planning Commission, the County Sheriff Office, along with the Oklahoma Military Department, Tulsa Chamber, and the Tulsa Development Authority. They were children when the massacre occurred over 100 years ago today. Let's keep that picture up because I want to remind everyone, this was in fact a terrorist attack. Call it a massacre. I've heard other people call it a riot. There's no riot. When one Mm -hmm. side has all of the weapons, all of the advantages, and all of the law to support them and protect them. What they did was they decided to engage in acts of domestic terrorism and coordinated with official authorities of government to do so, to cover it up. These are the survivors of that attack. They were children when it happened. Let me give you background on the case. According to a 2001 report by a state-sponsored commission, The terrorist attack erupted May 31st, 1921, after white mob attempted to lynch, hang a 19-year-old black uh, teenager shoeshiner named Dick Rowland. Rowland 
had been riding in an elevator with a white teenager named Sarah Page, who reportedly screamed, <clears throat> resulting in a white mob falsely accusing Roland of sexual assault. As tensions escalated, black residents of Greenwood went to the court to defend the shoe shiner, but they were outnumbered by their white counterparts. The next day, June 1st, 1921, the black neighborhood endured 24 hours of looting and arson at the hands of white rioters. Now, I want to pause on this point just for a quick second. Back then, if you were a black business owner and you were required to have insurance, insurance companies would specifically disallow any claim based on a racial attack, be it a riot or something like this, which is terrorism, okay? They refuse to cover it. There's more, we just heard people running and screaming and could smell smoke, seeing houses burning and people getting shot, falling dead, said Fletcher. One of the survivors now 109 years old told CNN. She continued saying, quote, in every direction you look, really there was something going on and we always wondered why. Nobody had time to tell. Legal action seeking justice and accountability. The remaining survivors sought to establish a dedicated fund for victims and their descendants, seeking redress for the racial attacks that ravaged the Greenwood District in 1921, resulting in a death of 300 people and the destruction of a thriving black community. The aftermath of this attack left damages accounting to tens of millions of dollars in today's currency, eradicating generational wealth within the once affluent neighborhood. The victims also demanded an official acknowledgement from the defendants that the massacre constituted a public nuisance under the Oklahoma state law affecting the former black residents of the Greenwood district and the offspring. <clears throat> they claimed the city and insurance companies failed to compensate them for their losses. And the city officials actively hindered efforts to rebuild their community and as a result, the ride destroyed the economic standing. Let me give you the damages. As determined by the commission's findings, the estimated total cost of the damages adjusted for today's value is $27 million. The report also indicates that over 1,250 homes and two hospitals were destroyed, leaving a scorched path of racial violence encompassing 35 blocks. And what they don't mention is the psychological damage that it did beyond that moment that continues today in the body of a 109 year old woman that just got denied her opportunity at justice before passing on. The defendants argument. The defendants argued that some plaintiffs had not directly proved they suffered because of the massacre and that the court could not provide redress for the alleged damages. Additionally, the US court judge James O. Ellison had previously ruled in 2004 that the victims were ineligible for reparations due to the considerable time that had elapsed since the massacre occurred, even though people who went through it are still living and adversely affected to this day. Damn shame, but this is the country we're in today. So when anyone champions a policy that 
is also supported by people like Ron the Satan. You need to check yourself. Jeff Thoughts. I want to remind people that Viola Ford Fletcher, the oldest living survivor of the Tulsa Race Massacre, uh, Massacre, wrote a book called Don't Let Them Bury My Story, which is so appropriate, yet so layered of a title, because as we know, 102 years after this massacre, there are still black people in their history buried under Oklahoma soil right. right now. And as you said, the distress, the damage lived on forever. So I don't understand. I, I, I don't even know what else to say about how horrible of a decision this is. Like, this is awful. But we also know that Tulsa wasn't the only city in America that this was done to. That's I mean, right. the moon bombing in Philadelphia, my word, that was only, what, 30 something years ago. So, horrible decision. Yeah, according to some narratives, some books have come out, you had hundreds of these uh, mm -hmm. destructive, um, dangerous mobs all over America coming after black cities that were thriving. And I will say this in closing about the story. I don't think this is over. Uh, this is something that obviously Democrats should speak to. Uh, this should be at the highest level of government to articulate why this is important, why this is a tragedy, why this ruling is wrong, and what can we do about it. That's not being said, it needs to be quickly. Okay, right. And so, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? What I say is, we got to wake these Negroes in Washington up. Okay, got to wake them up. Wake yourself up first, then give some oxygen to your family, and then join the family over at sfjfamilyservices.org because you know they it's because of your black self alive today they don't want to give that money to them because verse what they say oh that's a long time ago nobody's alive today da, da, da. well grandma is alive and you don't want to give her money so they can't open up that reparations can of worms they just can't do it but we got to make them do it we got to make those fools in the congressional black caucus I need my press conference. What you doing about this one? Every time there's a black man shot for no reason, I need a I need a press conference. So you can tell me because that's part of your charter. And I need some statistics. I need some results. Okay, we gotta it gotta ask for results. You gotta ask, let me see, let me see, let me let me evaluate what you say your charter is all about. And and, and quickly again. Okay, they're supposed to be the people, you know, everybody in that is black. Okay, Stephen Hardsford of Nevada, Yvette Clark of New York, Troy Carter of Louisiana, Lucy McBath of Georgia, and Marilyn Strickland of Washington. But what, 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 I need a press conference once a month because your charter indicates that you about this. It say what you about reforming the criminal justice system combating voter suppression, expanding access to world-class education, um, expanding access to quality health care, uh, expanding access to 21st century technologies that broad like broadband, strengthen protections of workers, expanding capital and contracts for black-owned businesses, and promoting foreign policy 
initiatives in Africa. You're not doing none of that. Maybe at the party you've convinced yourself you have. All y'all black. There's a whole lot of y'all. Probably not more than the nieces and nephews I got. Because it's us a lot. But we need to wake these Negroes up. This is the diary. Let's be back for our last part. And what we do. How we try to do it. And uh, what you can do. To help us be strong. Together we got to do some. I know everything's comfortable. I know people come bring you from everything from your weed to your soda to your, every, your booze. That's what they, they want. Get comfortable so the Negroes won't even think about how we screwing them. I got three grandkids. We got to get this shit right. This is the diary. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, I want to thank you for joining me on our first The Diary with Stacy. This is the talk show for SF Johnson Family and Community Services. And please visit our website at sfjfamilyservices.org. You can do a lot over there. Okay, there's a lot of things we're doing. And what I want you to do is make sure you watch SF Johnson Family TV. I have uh, the Malcolm X channel, the Empower News channel. Uh, we have the Inspiration channel. We have a lot of different things for the kids. Uh, construction ed, so you can learn construction if you want to. But uh, yeah, go over visit there and sign up. Become a member, a volunteer. We help with uh, education. It, and we, you know, know it's going to be so difficult to to educate, to train, and to teach your kids. So, you know, we're here to help online uh, when the school year begins. We have leadership programs, have pages just for the kids. Um, take a look, sfjfamilyservices.org. This is The Diary. Look for us again on Monday. And thank you so much for joining